0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Taste. This is Doug Schaefer at Schaefer Vineyards. Thank you for checking out this 50th episode of our podcast. We started back in April 2018 and thought we'd do this as long as we're having a good time. And more and more people are downloading the episode, so we're still here. A big thank you to everyone who listens, who emails ideas and encouragement. You've really continued to make this something that's totally enjoyable. If you haven't had a chance, be sure to scroll through all our back episodes, we've had some amazing guests and I think there's something to enjoy in every one. Okay, we've got a good one today. It's the mother-daughter team behind a great, long-time Napa Valley winery, Dalla Valle. I gotta say, I thought I knew a lot about the winery and the people behind the wines until we started doing our research for this episode and realized there's a lot I've never known. We've got a lot to dig into, so let's get started. Hey everybody, it's Doug Schaefer. Welcome back to another episode of The Taste. Um, We have a couple special guests today, but before I introduce them, I need to tell you about this um, fantastic little vineyard just a few miles north of Schaefer up the Silverado Trail, right about where Oakville Crossroad hits the trail, if you know the area. Year in and year out, some of the best Cabernets in Napa Valley come from this hilltop. It's a gorgeous location. It's top of the world, the eastern hills of Oakville, and they've got this red dirt, and I love the red dirt grapes that come from red dirt. And it's the home of Dale Valley, and uh, we'd like to welcome Nayoko and her daughter Maya Dale Valley today. Welcome, guys! Thanks for being on.
1: Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you
2: so much us. for having us.
0: Uh, a lot going on with your story. There are three stories. I think there's Nayoko's, there's Maya's, and then there's Gustav's, and. I think we need to start with Gustav, and before I turn you too loose, I've got to tell you a memory I have, a vivid memory, in the mid-80s at the June wine auction, where we used to have the barrel tasting at the wine service co-op. We'd have poor barrel samples, or Elias and I would always be at the barrel, and it was, I don't know, it was 84, 85, 86, but two or three years in a row, there's this guy, and he'd come up, and he was bigger than life and long silver white hair, always had a tan, and just uh, just the most uh, engaging, you just wanted to be with this guy, and we didn't know who he was, and he came back every year, so every three or four, every year in June, we'd see him for three or four years running, and he'd come up, he goes, ah, you too, you too, you too make great wine, you know. And and we'd talk and talk, and it's like, and he'd walk away like, who is that guy? And then a couple of years later, he's making wines. He's my our neighbor. But uh, that's my very vivid memory, wonderful memory of Gustav. But uh tell us about Gustav and Erica. Where, where, what's his story? Where did he come from?
2: Oh, so... You can tell already he's Italian. So he was born, yeah, he was born in the northern Italy in the front, in the mountain and, uh, he grew up skiing and all that. And then eventually he fell in love with the sea. So he started, he came down the mountain and he started, you know, getting into, um, diving. In those days, there was really no scuba diving and, uh, um, that's how he got into, um, to create his uh, diving, uh, sports diving equipment empire. But at the, on a the side note, um, yes, yeah, so he, you know, he started making wine because his uh, family in Italy a long time ago was in a wine business as well. Interesting. So And he's a really colorful, as you can recall. He was a very unique, very flamboyant, Cosmopolitan. He spoke so many languages, and he loved people, and he clearly loved you guys too. <laughs> I know he loved you. Yeah, yeah. so he loved the good, great wines. I mean, that was a good sign, right? So yes, yeah, that's that's good stuff. And he his interest was in art as well, antique art fact. I mean, he he had many interests, but uh, later on in his in his life, wine wine became his true love.
0: But I was fascinating because I did a little research. There's the whole scuba thing. He started this company. I think it was called Scuba Pro and yes. based in Los Angeles. And this was mm-hmm. this was back in the 40s or 50s, I guess, or 60s. It was kind of like the first big. Yeah, scuba actually, company.
2: yeah. I think it's like the 60s. I think I have okay. to, I, if I, I have to really do my math, right? But <laughs> yes, yeah. And then yeah, and then he created the brand, um, and it became at the one point like second largest in the world. Amazing. So he, he created that the international brand and, uh, yeah, and then later on, he sold it, and he retired in the West Indies, and and then I come in at that time.
0: <laughs> so. Oh yeah, well let's love, well let's let's get to you. So before you ran into this crazy, wonderful, beautiful man, well, tell me your story. Where where
2: did you grow up? Oh, I was born and raised in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm originally from Kobe, Japan, and uh, I mainly grew up in Kobe, and uh, spent some time in Tokyo as well. And uh, I was interested in art, so I went to study in London for a little bit, and I came back, and then I met Gustav. So, um, then that's the end of the story, I usually call it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you got married, and you both, you moved to, when after you got married, you moved to the Caribbean, is that correct?
2: Uh, I did, yes, because okay. he was already there. Okay. Yeah, he already had a house there, so. Great. Yeah, so we, yeah, we used to dive every day.
0: Boy, why, why didn't you stay there? Why would you come to Napa Valley? You can't dive every day here. <laughs> well, we right,
2: can't dive, but either.
0: the
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, but also you know I wanted to have a family, and uh, West Indies was not really my right. ideal place because my family can never visit me, ah. and then that uh, um, yeah, one of the investment opportunity brought us to Napa Valley.
0: I see. Yeah, I was curious about how you guys ended up in Napa from the Caribbean. Was he looking for wine or something else, you think?
2: No, actually not the wine at all. So what happened was our good friends who has a um, relay in the Chateau-class hotel in Martinique and France, they wanted to open a beautiful resort and uh, with a restaurant in Napa Valley. So we started coming here to, to scout the location and... In the meantime, we just fell in love with this place, and we we bumped upon this property, which was not this size, much smaller, and we bought it. And then, um, yeah, my husband immediately said, "We're gonna make wine." Wow! Which I did not know he was (laughs) born in a winery at that time. So,
0: so he kind of surprised you with that one.
2: Yes, yeah, (laughs) very much so. Right. Yeah, because it was August in '82, uh, and uh, he said that yeah, I'm gonna make wine. You know, you know, you are winemaker. So how bad the timing is, you know? Right, <laughs> All of a sudden in August, you want to make wine.
0: Just like that. Well, that's yes. uh, that's 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 just crazy. So they so he they, they walked yes. away from the hotel resort idea and and uh, bought a vineyard, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> I think what was uh, your first vintage was when?
2: Actually, our first commercial vintage is '86.
0: Okay, '86.
2: Yes, yeah. We finished at the uh, construction of the winery and we started crushing that year.
0: That's great, and that's up on the hill. So the only, the other, were there other vineyards up there, or there was an existing vineyard you bought, correct?
2: Uh right. Well, actually, it came with like. Uh, Less than five acres of vineyard, and okay. then we purchased more land and we planted more, okay. and we built the house and the winery. There was a vineyard, but it was not really known this area. And actually, we were sort of criticized, you know, making wine using the hillside grapes, because they said, "Well, you are spending same amount of money um, farming the, the the land on the valley floor, and you are getting less grapes."
0: Right. Right, that's that. My father, John, your your good friend, John Schaefer, had right. the same yes, experience, yeah, he was and a great uh, man. that's well. The two of you and and Gustav obviously knew something that everybody else didn't know. That uh, you know the quality at that time, the quality. Yes, you got less quantity and tonnage from the hillsides, but the quality was just uh, very, very good. And then exactly what's been fun over the last twenty or thirty years is our people have learned how to grow that quality grapes on. Flatland on heavy soils by you know mm. low vigor rootstocks and cover crops things right. like that. So, oh
2: sure yeah things that change is, and know. improve yeah since then right.
0: I'm with you, and your first winemakers you were who was making the Joe wine Joe Cafaro okay Joe Cafaro. I know yes, Joe. yeah, he was. I yes, know. I'm sure you know <laughs> Joe.
2: <laughs> and uh, he was, uh, yeah, he was our first winemaker, and he was making a uh, wine for the first couple of years. But he was getting a little bit busy with the construction with another winery. Right. So he, so he introduced us and gave us the Heidi bar. Oh. So Heidi started, right. yes, yeah, and then she just had her second baby, and uh, yeah, she started making wine for us, and then also we. Hired um, her father, Dr. Pe- uh, Dick Peterson. Yes. He was a consultant as well. Oh, that was great.
0: I didn't yeah. know that. I've had Dick on the show and he's fantastic. I love his stories. Oh, he is.
2: <laughs> he's he a great man. He's a he wonderful, was, yeah.
0: wonderful guy. Oh, that's. Yes,
2: yeah.
0: Well, you guys had some great help and you came right out of the shoots with some gorgeous wines, got wonderful reviews, and you know, you haven't looked back. So, yes. really, really exciting. And jumping in, poor Maya seeing her going, you know, geez, all these people talking about themselves. What about me?
1: <laughs> My, so Maya, Maya. Oh, no, I'm happy Maya, to listen. There you go. Well, Maya,
0: <laughs> so talk to us. Maya, when did you jump into, into the whole scene? You were born when?
1: So I was born in 87, so one year after our first um, commercial vintage. And growing up, I really wasn't interested in the wine business. I think when you're surrounded too much by a good thing, you know, (laughs) you don't really consider it as an actual career and job. So I think it took me leaving to start realizing um, how special Napa Valley is and how much actually I really do um, love the wine business and and wanted to be a part of it.
0: But tell me about growing up though, around the winery. So were you local, did local schools, high school? Was that, were you here in Napa or somewhere else?
1: Yeah, I uh, went to um, elementary and middle school in St. Helena at the elementary school and then Montessori and then I, went over the hill or mountain to high school in Santa Rosa
0: and high school interests. We were the sports activities. What were you into?
1: So I grew up through and through a horse girl. I loved riding horses. I, there was a barn just down the road on Silverado trail that I grew up riding at with other friends like Alicia Mandavi, Amanda Harlan, uh, Lizzie Nyers. So we, you know, we all grew up together. Yeah. Writing. And that was, that was our passion. That's, that's still my passion. Um, and I also played uh, basketball cause I had the hype for it. So, and I, and it was fun. So good. Yeah.
0: And so, uh, after high school, what happened then?
1: So after high school, I went to university of Washington, um, which is then when I started to contemplate what I actually wanted to do with my life. So I studied international relations because I, my parents obviously, um, both come from different countries and I have a very international background. So I thought that would be something I wanted to explore and see, pursue a career in either an NGO or, uh, something in foreign service. So I then graduated, uh, during the recession in 09. So, I mean, what do you do? You can yeah. always work harvest, right? right. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Bruce Nyers was kind enough to give me uh, an internship at his winery at Nyers Vineyards and that's where I really fell in love with winemaking, working with Tadeo, their winemaker there. He really showed me all the ropes and really gave me a solid foundation in winemaking and that's kind of where the, the path continued from there.
0: Interesting. All right. So I'm going to put you on hold for a minute and jump back to Naoko because Right, Maya was just a little baby in 1988. You guys came out with a wine called Maya, so right. so which is wine you folks are so well known for. Tell tell me about the origins of Maya.
2: Well, so in 1987 we planted the Maya's Cabernet Sauvignon vineyard. Okay. So you know we knew that gonna be because she was born that year and I was pregnant that year. So I yeah we decided that gonna be a vineyard and then it turned out to be the best Cabernet Sauvignon vineyard. And then also um, interesting thing is we are also now known for producing that uh, uh, one of the top Cabernet Franc, although we don't really bottle them by themselves. So we wanted to create something unique um, and uh, with Heidi and my husband and we just sort of came up with the idea. To create this blend, at that time was forty-five percent cabernet Franc and fifty-five percent cabernet Sauvignon, mm-hmm. and they named it Maya. And uh, we worked on the label because you know my husband has that the art background too, and with a graphic graphic designer, we came up with that label. And um, you know, first vintage is eighty-eight, and in a you know few years, we got recognized immediately. By our friend, um, the very famous wine critic, and then we received. I think it's a, as a Napa Valley wine. Uh, we are the second hundred points uh, from the wine out of a cake, I guess. Yeah, it's I a ninety-two. We, right. Yes, yeah, yeah, ninety-two vintage, and uh, when it came out, um, yeah, that was the year my husband passed away. But at least Bob was very kind, and this he sent that wine out of a cake. Uh, with a FedEx and oh. with a nice note. Yeah. Oh, so he sweet.
0: knew. He knew. Yes.
2: So that was really, yes, he knew. That was great.
0: Well, it's yes. a, it's a always been a fantastic wine to this day, every vintage. So, Thank you. It, and you know, I, it's just so cool. It was so cool to see the length of time and the years and the history. And, and then you mentioned, yeah, 95, we lost Gustav. And so that was probably, well, obviously a very tough time, but for you, for personally, but for the yes. business, what, what did you do? What, what, would, how did you, what did you think about doing with the winery? Um, how did you decide to carry on?
2: Well, I got the very good advice, don't change for one year. And then also I knew I don't want to go back to Japan. And then also the people are so wonderful. And um, I had a, lots of challenges. But, uh, um, and then also I had to replant my vineyard. That was ahead of me. So then the, the Tony Tony Sota came in, brought the Mia Klein, and Tony, as you may know, he called himself wine grower,
1: yes. not the
2: winemaker. Yes. And he was very helpful in the replanting program and many other things. And then, of course, Mia was making wine. And uh, and then also I had a very loyal crew and a group of friends and, uh, you know, I, I was really, you know i was very fortunate i was very much helped by supported by those wonderful people and it was definitely tough i i just never even thought of leaving here it was really you know um, it was very rewarding i really enjoyed it at the same time
0: that's so good that's so good to hear oh, thank you and Tony Soder's name has come up on this podcast many, many times, um, mm-hmm. and most of my folks who know me and listen to me know that I think the world of him. He helped us, he helped Elias and me back in 87 for two about a year and a half or two and really got us kind of on the right path as far as making top quality wine, and uh Mia, who helped Tony for years, wonderful winemaker, and she was a classmate with Elias at UC Davis. So
2: that's right. Yeah. Yes, yeah, small, I remember that. Small, world, that. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: right. small world, definitely. Yes, but yeah. no, it's it's great to hear that you had a lot of local support and friends and mm-hmm. uh, pulling for you, and you had a a, a little girl who's running around the house, you know, going crazy, right?
2: <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I oh, didn't yeah. know quite said that, but uh, yeah, she she was a good girl, and uh, she loved to to ride horses, and that was a very useful tool for me. I had to only say, if you want to continue riding, you do this, right? So, yeah,
0: that's, that's good, <laughs> yeah. good leverage. <laughs>
2: yes, yeah, I didn't have to do stay too much. It was very effective. <laughs>
0: that does work well i i have to confess yes. i have a my youngest daughter It is also in the horses in a big way and i've um I've uh, no, I, 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 I don't like to use that card often but uh it works really well if you have to exactly <laughs>
2: right you don't have to use it too often no, so i'm yeah. sure she's a wonderful yeah, yeah. good girl
0: <laughs> no it's great um very responsible it's um it's fun but yes yeah um so Back to Maya. This is it's always fun. It's like playing ping pong, going back and forth. At ping yeah. Ping. So, so Maya, you said so you worked a crush at Nyers or for a whole like a season. You, so how'd that work again?
1: So I worked um, two back-to-back harvests okay. at Nyers and then in between, I worked um, in the tasting room at Robert Mondavi Winery. So those kind of pinging back and forth between the two before I decided. I really wanted to pursue a career in winemaking. And so I told my mom, um, I really love you know, making wine and I would love to be the winemaker here one day. And she said, that's nice. And you know, <laughs> like every other, you know, even the interns we take here, they all have an enology degree. So you're going to have to earn it as well if, if you want a spot here.
0: Way to go, mom. That's, I like that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes, love. and I meant it too.
2: Of
0: okay, course, yeah. <laughs> I had a similar conversation with my father one time. He said, come on back to Napa, but I don't have a job for you. It's was like, actually, I looked at him and said, I don't want to work for you anyway. So we got along.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I was a little older. Yeah. So, okay, so you had to earn it. So how, so how do you earn it? What do you do?
1: So I made the decision to go back to school. So I had to take all the prerequisites for, to apply for a master's degree um, in viticulture and enology. And I ended up going to Cornell on the East Coast because I wanted to see what it was like to grow grapes and make wine in an extreme climate. Um, so I would never complain about making wine in Napa again. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I did I did my master's there and completed it in 2013 and then decided to start, you know, building experience Um and have take the opportunity to travel and, and work in other in other wineries and wine regions so uh that's yeah that's when i went to ornelia in 2013 was my first international harvest
0: wow yeah that's, that must have been fun well just tuscany period you know
1: yeah uh, it's a beautiful place and it's a i mean the wines are amazing and it was my first experience working in a, a, a larger scale winery than what I was used to. And um, seeing quality wine made on a you know, very organized and a much larger scale is really impressive. So I really got to know the team very well there and uh, it was a really fabulous experience.
0: Well, you know, I'm I'm jealous because I keep running into folks like you who've done that, and I've never had that experience. Maybe I'll take a sabbatical and go work a crush somewhere else. <laughs> you sometime. should. That'd you be should. really fun. I'd love that. But I got <laughs> it. A great workout. <laughs> I have to interrupt. It is. I have to interrupt quickly because uh, Naoko, you probably don't know, but my father went to Cornell, John Schaefer, and uh, he had seventeen grandkids, and he tried to get somebody to go to Cornell, and no one ever bit. So Maya, thanks for. Going there for him. I know, <laughs> know. He, he always,
1: he always, remind, he always loved to talk about Cornell with me, and wow. I really, I really cherished those moments because, yeah, he was so proud. That's great. Well, <laughs> that yeah, I had was, gone there. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. he was like,
0: God, yeah, none of my, none of my own grandkids went. God, darn it. Pretty really funny.
1: <laughs> It's really cold. The winters are brutal.
0: <laughs> it's, yeah, it's dark, right? I mean, it's dark. Yeah, it's dark. It's, it's
1: dark. it's really dark and very cold. <laughs>
0: yeah, like
1: very cold. Really yeah. cold. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, but what a, you know, how thoughtful to go say, you know, I'm going to go make great grapes and wine in an extreme area because in Napa Valley, I mean, we've got it made here with the weather. So to have yeah. that experience is great to have that under your belt because you just see more things that can happen. So you're ready when it happens here. It's nice.
1: Exactly. You're exposed to so many different pests and mildews and disease and right. challenges that you wouldn't normally see, um, in a typical year or growing season in Napa Valley. So it was, it was very invaluable in that sense.
0: Smart, smart. Yeah. yeah. And then after I, you went some, you worked other places internationally, I think. Yeah.
1: Yes. So after Ornelaya, I went um, to work at Michel Roland's winery in Argentina, um, outside of Mendoza. So it's called Clos de los Siete. And his winery inside of the Clo is called Bodega Roland. Okay. So I worked, uh, yeah, Southern Hemisphere vintage there. Um, I've never worked so hard in my life. It was, it was a lot of physical work, um, but it's one of the most incredible places. Um, in the world. I think the just having the Andes as a backdrop and just seeing Malbec doesn't grow anywhere else really like it does there. So it was pretty special to experience that. Um, and then I was ready to come back actually to Napa and uh, a friend, a family friend said to us, you know, you should really do an experience in Bordeaux. I think that it would be very um, important for your career. And I've kind of thought, well, I had never been to Bordeaux. Um, and I didn't, I, you know, I knew the wines, but I was ready to keep pursuing my career in Napa Valley. So I decided, okay, I just gave him my CV and he then came back two weeks later and said, okay, um, Patrice will take you. Will you, will you go work there? I said, absolutely. <laughs> I will not say no to yeah. that.
0: <laughs> oh, how cool. how
1: So, um, yeah. So then I decided, you know, okay, I'll do this. So I went to work there and worked harvest at Petrus in 2014 and it was absolutely incredible. And the people who work there and the vineyard and the wines are out of this world. Um, and then I ended up staying in Bordeaux for three years after that. So I ended up I, I just fell in love with the region and, and the people and the culture. And I did a second master's there as well. Um, wow. Yeah, at the at Bordeaux Science Agro in uh, vineyard and winery management.
0: That's so cool. Yeah. I'm curious about, you've had these experiences at Ornelaya and Petrus and, you know, in Argentina as an intern working crush. What are the, you know... Do you, do they just make you do all the grunt work, cleaning and rolling barrels and filling barrels and washing tanks, or do you get to actually have some experience, you know, sampling grapes, making wine, you know, wine decisions, additions, that type of thing? What how's that usually work?
1: Yeah, it's a little bit of everything. I mean, it depends on the the size of the winery. Um, at a smaller winery, you obviously carry more responsibility because there's less people, and I think you they rely on you to be more multitasking. Um, and then in larger wineries, um, it can be doing more things like more lab work and grape sampling. Um, and then, yeah, but in every place there's definitely a lot of cleaning. I tell (laughs) every person who applies to an intern with us, I said, look, it's, you know, it's a lot of cleaning. Like you clean a lot and it's, you spend a lot of time being wet and your shoes are wet, but that you also, the trade-off is getting to have those one-on-one time and uh, conversations with these great winemakers and people who have worked in a, their, these vineyards for so long and can really share a wealth of knowledge that you wouldn't otherwise be able to experience from from reading a book per se or taking a class. So I think that's, that's really the trade-off and getting to see the transformation from the vineyard to the glass and getting to experience that, you know, the magic, you know, it, the magic of, of making wine.
0: Right. Right. And uh the old rubber boot thing, I remember when I first started out working in cellars and even as winemaker, I mean, it was like a badge of honor to be, you know, have those rubber boots, you know, so you'd like go to town to do an errand or get a sandwich and you'd keep those boots on. Cause you're like, I'm, you know, I work in a cellar. I got the rubber boots on. And after a few years, it's like, yeah, after going through harvest with the, the wet and you you know you take those boots off at night, your feet, you know, are shriveled up and they're falling apart. <laughs> your, your toes are toes yeah. are almost falling off. It's like, man, I'm gonna minimize the time I have to wear these boots. You know, I'm putting my, uh, my
1: I horrible. know. It's
0: horrible, but uh, it's pretty funny. Oh, has that flashed on that one? I remember one night one <laughs> night, I think it was, you know, two in the morning, I'm home, I'm taking my boots off out in the back door and you know, I know, I knew I'd gotten water in my boot, and my you know, my my sock was wet and all that, but no, sure enough, I pulled it out and it's like I had a purple foot. I had a bunch of grape juice in there, so it's like, wow, it finally happened. I've got purple feet.
1: Purple feet, <laughs> yeah. Was... It's not, it's not a myth. No. <laughs>
0: so after those experiences, you come back. Um, so when do you come back to the Napa Valley?
1: So I moved back um, in the beginning of 2017. Okay. So that was a um, Pretty memorable year, for sure. Right. Um, and it was my first full growing season at the, at the winery, um, working, working for my mom. So, oh, from she the, she took which,
0: you she took you back. Nioka she took t- me back. Yeah, she, I had no yeah. choice. She, was, well, yeah. Was she ready? Did you have to have an well,
1: interview or something? I, I, oh, That's a great question. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I asked her to do all things, and then I didn't ask her to get the two masters. So, and she went to Onelaya and uh, Petrus Chateau Latour and uh, all those places. What can I do? I have to take her back.
0: <laughs> I, th- I I think she kind of earned it. Like. Big time. Yes. So yeah. yeah she did. Right. Absolutely.
1: That's that's yeah. yeah. My mom said, "Please don't be too hard on me." Now she's like, "Now you're overqualified." So you <laughs> yeah. Need to come yes. Back. Yeah. I, yeah.
2: Overqualified was the yeah, the word I used.
1: <laughs> that's yeah. great. That's great. So yeah, I came back to work with for my mom at the at the property, um, and so yeah, it was really exciting. We were building the new barrel building, um, and that's where my office is as well now and um yeah I finally out of the drought and then yeah it was like really um extreme beer i mean if the summer was super hot and then and then the fall of course we all remember the fires and the beginning of october so right. but we you know we we did it we made it through and it was uh yeah a year i'll never forget right um and then i've been working together ever since then right
0: and and you've, we've got some news, Nayoko, You want to tell us the news? Just just was released uh, recently that <laughs> oh, you have a new title. Mean? Maya oh, Maya, yeah, has yeah. A, yeah. Maya has a new yes. title oh, yeah.
2: now. Now that the starting this year, yes, Maya is the Dalavales winemaker and the director. Yes, Yeah, she is. Wow. She got that. She earned
0: Congratulations. it. Congratulations! That's so cool. Congratulations! Way to go!
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It feels good. <laughs>
0: Yeah, now you're in for it though. That's okay.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. No, no, I'm teasing. I'm, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm
0: teasing. It's great being a winemaker. Yeah. And speaking of winemakers, you guys still have you've had different people consult through the years. I think Andy Erickson is still working with you guys. Oh yes, is absolutely. Yes. Yes. Good. he yeah. is
2: mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I've I've gotten to know him. We're both on the vintner board right now, and what a great oh, guy. Right. Great guy. We've had some
2: wonderful yeah, chats. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We we really enjoy working with him and um, he's really helped me a lot as well in my journey to, to where I am today. So I'm very thankful for that.
0: Right. And yes, tell, yeah. and tell me about the property today. You've got how many acres and grapes up there?
1: So we have 20 acres of grapes. Okay. Uh, it's a 26 acre property. So not everything is, is under vine. We have a little orchard and a, a big garden and, of course, my mom's house is here. Um, in addition to the winery, so okay. all all in one place.
0: Okay, and uh, production. Some people might not know about the wines you guys make. Could you run through what you guys make? The different uh, different different uh, brands labels.
2: We make a Maya as a top wine, and the Sauvignon close second. Okay, and we make a Col- we make Colina Valle, which is a little bit more easy access wine, and okay. uh, yeah. And that's those are the three wines, and we make other wines not every year, but it's called MDV. So that's a, that's a hundred percent Cabernet Sauvignon because we always blend our wines, but that one is.
0: Yeah, I'm not just too familiar. I'm not too familiar with MDV. Tell me about that a little bit. What's that? What's the story? There?
2: Well, the story is actually, um, the, the, I have a very good friend who visits. Um, at that time, he was living in Shanghai, and uh, he, he loves wine, he's a collector, and I just really felt like I ran out of the wine to taste. And then I found this bottle of wine, 99MDV, which actually we donated at the barrel auction at the Auction Napa Valley, okay. a long time ago. And then I we opened it, and it's... And then that was like, oh, maybe 10 years ago. And then I thought, oh, oh, this is holding up really well. And um, this is 100% Cabernet Sauvignon. And we never really do this, but this come from Maya's Cabernet Sauvignon vineyard. So maybe we should do that. And then we started making in uh, um, 2013 is the first vintage. And uh, since then, we have done 16 and 18. So we don't do it every year. Also, because this comes from Maya's blend, Cabernet Sauvignon, so we don't want to take too much. So we just make few barrels and just for fun. Yeah, like to make wine for fun sometimes. <laughs> so I did this. That's the yeah, idea.
0: Yeah. Me too. You know, I want to make wine in my garage. <laughs> I've never done that. I, t- I, want to make, oh. I want to be like one barrel in my garage, homemade wine.
2: I oh, feel- I would recommend that because we started that way with Gustav and we had a very... <laughs> very funny video I shouldn't even <laughs> mention what's in it
0: <laughs> now go ahead tell me yes. about that what happened
2: <laughs> oh no I mean that, so we had like truly in a garage in a carport right. we are making wine I mean not the commercial wine, of course Sure. Right? so then that uh, oh, we had this big half open um, oh, cask you know with that uh, pinot noir you right. know we have a, we, are, we are literally stamping grapes and they make wine and then this one particular video is, actually probably I shouldn't have said this, maybe, well, okay, I'll tell you now, but- um, <laughs> you already too far so, in. <laughs> yeah, it's too far into it. So, so, of course, I mean, Gustav was such a colorful man, funny man. Yes. So he was take, taking video. And the, that was a day of bottling. Okay. And uh, it's the bottling, right? But it's just sort of those three bottle fillers, all manual, right? right. And then he, we are fitting and then he overfill it. And then he just, he just, he just, he just drank of the course wine he did. out of the bottle. <laughs> and then he said, these wines are so good that those are individually tasted." <laughs>
0: <laughs> I can see him doing I mean, that. It's, yes, you know, it's
2: a horrifying story. I,
0: I, no, it's not. It's totally, I get it. I, I totally get that. I'm not going to dump it on the floor. I'm going to just take a little swig and make room enough for the cork. Um Anyways, oh I yeah, I, that was, I not the best
2: fun so I well, recommend
0: it <laughs> Well, I remember um coming home from college and dad was like he was making this he made some 77 Cabernet our first commercial mm. wine was a 78 He dragged me down to this little basement in this little funky house we were living in on the ranch here and he had you know these five or six you know glass five gallon demijohns you know of wine and he had a little thief and he pulled it out he was so proud of it and you know, it's, I've got a picture. So there's a picture of you know historic pictures here in the wine room in one place, and uh, there's a picture of him doing that. And then uh, when we were cleaning out his wine cellar a couple of years, I found this bottle. You're gonna love this, Nyoko. He It was a <laughs> bottle of Robert Mondavi Red Table Wine. Like oh, there was no date on it. It was really old. And then the corner, wow. in written in ballpoint pen, in the corner of the label was was. Upper U7, which stands for Upper Seven, that was his first Cabernet Mm -hmm. Hillside vineyard. U7, 1977 CS. So basically, wow. what he did was he bottled his. He took a bunch of old Mondavi red table wine bottles, and <laughs> probably hopefully he washed them out a little bit, and then he um, he filled them up with his '77 homemade wine. So uh, we that's found amazing. We found that one bottle. It's uh, pretty cool. I'm not sure what we're going to do with it. It's, it's <laughs> oh, really, that's that's yeah, really cool. It's really neat. But moving ahead. You know, we had the announcement of the new winemaker there, Maya. Congratulations again. But, (laughs) like, literally two days ago, I'm like, oh, this is good timing. Another announcement comes out. So, (laughs) you two want to tell us all? You need to tell the world about this. What's going on?
1: Yeah. So, um, after working at Ornawaya in 2013, I just continued onwards, Um, but we kept a friendly, you know, relationship and contact uh, with the team. And and my mom was already friends um, with the team at Ornelia before I had worked harvest there as well. Um, And so they approached us in 2015 about working together and doing a project together in in Napa. So um, at first, I think my mom was a little bit hesitant but then we talked about it and um, decided that we would we would give it a try and go for it. And we, I actually worked with Axel as my um, advisor and mentor for my thesis when I was in Bordeaux um, because he actually went to the same school as as I w- was at in Bordeaux. So uh, he helped me get through my you know do my thesis and complete my masters and then. Uh, in 17, we started selecting sites and then making wine. So we actually have, it's wow. funny to talk about something that we already made four vintages of, um, and <laughs> keeping quiet I keep, for a so Yeah. Long, good
0: secret. <laughs> I like
1: it. <laughs> yeah. So it's, uh, it's great to finally be able to talk about the collaboration with Ornelia. It's called DVO okay. and it's a Cabernet Sauvignon wine, um, that we do, add a little bit of Cab Franc as well to blend it. And uh, we're releasing the first vintage of of 2018 this year. So uh, we're very excited to be able to share this wine. Yeah. And the
0: grapes come, are the grapes from your place up on the hill or are they different other locations? No,
1: no, no. No. That was very
2: clear in the very beginning. It's not going to be coming from my vineyard.
1: No, it's this from sites that we selected, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we selected sites together that we wanted to reflect a little bit of a more strained style of winemaking. So mm-hmm. we picked cooler, more mountainous sites um, in Oakville, Mount Veeder, and Coombsville and work with selected sites there and uh, blend together. Um, we work, we both work with Michelle Roland for Ornelia and right. Valle. and so Michelle also helps us in creating the blend.
0: How exciting, and God, it must have been tough to keep that secret for four years, that would be crazy.
1: uh, Yeah, it was really difficult. People are asking, oh, what are you going to do with these grapes? And I said, oh, I'm just working on my own personal project.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Yes. Yeah. I have to make sure that there was not really for the Daravale. So, yeah.
0: So, you guys, you're working together now. You've got a lot of years of some beautiful wines behind you. Um, You're still doing it. Very successful. What's the secret? You know, is it working as a family unit, making it happen. What's uh, what's been the secret to success?
2: Well, so probably the the one of the best thing is we are in a different buildings. <laughs> 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 my office in at the older part. My, Maya is in the new part. But anyway, joking aside, I think we both have the passion for wine, um, winemaking, and uh, also, you know. Uh, even when she was young, and she may not agree with me, but I always respected her in her own way. So you know, so I think that the mutual respect helps as well. And of course, this Japanese very polite way of bringing up kids, right? Yeah. So I don't know. Maya may have a completely different opinion. But <laughs> Maya, what do you think?
1: <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I I agree. Um, it is important to have mutual respect Uh, I think it's also important to always keep an open dialogue and an open mind Um, my mom has been very open-minded with a lot of different ideas that I've brought back um, when from my travels and and experiences working in other regions and other wineries and so like things like adding you know starting to farm biodynamically She came on board with after some convincing, but she, you know, she was always open minded, but she always, you know, wants things to align, you know, with the vision that we 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 were already
2: organically farming, so.
1: Right. So we just wanted to be sure that, you know, this was the logical next move for us and, and what we wanted to do um and also it helps having a really simple hierarchy there's only two of us so <laughs> it's, it's really yes, no yeah. no doubt and questioning about who is who is the head so you know as long oh, as I'm, i think I, yeah yes, as you probably now. know
0: <laughs> yeah i got that For loud, and, i got that loud and clear today that's coming through oh, yeah um uh-huh. well you guys and <laughs> uh, you know i just i flashed on gustav i mean he would just be so happy you know you know proud isn't the word of course he'd be proud but he just be, be he just be so happy and that's um i just oh, think that's really you. neat i just think that's really neat yeah
2: thank you very much yeah. do you yeah.
0: do you guys feel his presence in the wine still you think there's a part of that still carrying on
1: absolutely yeah sure. i mean there's a really special feeling and energy to this place and i think uh, for me personally you know as become an adult you start to think, realize you know I'm an only child and if I don't take on this opportunity then eventually it'll be sold and then it will you know this place has a lot of sentimental value for for me that's where I grew up um you know it's what by, something my parents started together and even yes, though my yeah. father is no longer with us it's uh yeah it's still he still you could still very much feel his presence here.
2: Yes. Yeah. We built this place together basically. So every corner um, of the property, you know, that, uh, yeah, have a memory and uh, yeah, it's, it's a very special place.
0: No, I, I, I totally understand. I've got a similar thing with my dad, you know, walking around this property, yeah. you know, especially at harvest when I'm out sampling. It really hits I'm you sure. when the sampling in the morning, you know, before the sun comes up, you know, because we used to sample together, you know, all the time. So those mm-hmm. are the those are nuts. But it's all good. Yeah. I mean, it's, not, it's not a sad thing. It's a, it's a, it's a mm-hmm. good thing. So it carries on. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you guys, thanks for sharing that. Um, if people want to find your wines, where should they go? What's the best way to find your wines,
1: Mom? Well,
2: oh, so we have a ma- Well, of course, we have a mailing list. <laughs> they are welcome to sign up, and uh, yeah. Other than that, our wines are distributed, you know, all over United States. Not in uh, all states because we are very small, right? right. And uh, um, also, yeah, in uh, Asia and in Europe, globally. So, uh, yeah, you can find a wine. I mean, locally, too, they they carry a wine here in Napa Valley. And, uh, yeah, so. Great. Yes, Good. yeah. And then if there's any, yeah, any question, you know, they're welcome to contact the winery and we can, okay. we can answer the questions.
1: Yes.
0: And what's what's your website while we're on?
1: It's dallavallevineyards.com.
0: Perfect. That's easy.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah.
2: D-A-L-L-A-V-A-L-L-E.
1: All
0: right. Well, you guys, thanks again for taking the time. This has been really, really fun, and it's fun to get the two of you together and hear the back and forth. It brings <laughs> back, you. I just love it. It's like good old family stuff. But
1: uh, Oh, yeah. Thank so you. So yes. thanks
0: for the time, and I uh, hope to see you around, and things are getting better, so Likewise. hopefully we'll be able, right. to able to see each other at restaurants soon. So take care. and yes, Good luck. So. Thanks for everything. Thank you so much. Same
2: to you. All right. Okay. See Bye. you guys.
0: Bye-bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Maya and Nayoko seem like a great team, and I think you can expect a lot more good news and excellent wines in the future. I hope you get a chance to try the wines from this incredible property. Be sure to check out their website for more on what they're producing. I just want to remind you that we're working on an episode that is all about your questions. Questions about vineyards, winemaking, whatever you want. Send your questions to podcast at schaefervineyards.com. Thanks again for checking out this 50th episode. If you enjoy the taste, please take a moment to rate and review it on iTunes, as that helps other people find the podcast. We'll see you next time.